Burmese musicians certainly recognize Western pop music when they hear it. In some cases, they'll copy the music and change the lyrics. In the song Whenever, Wherever, Shakira sings about counting the freckles on her lover's body. The Burmese tune is just as catchy, but decidedly less racy. Now in the West, this is copyright infringement, but it's Durugur in Burma. The music being made there, the copies and the originals, is the subject of a new book called Burma's Pop Music Industry. It's written by Heather McLaughlin. She's an ethnomusicologist and professor at the University of Dayton in Ohio. She spent three years going back and forth to Burma and discovered a thriving music scene. I could hear it on public buses. I could hear it on the streets as it was being played over radios. Certainly it was played in the guest house where I was staying. It was sold in all kinds of shops. It was all over the place. So this isn't necessarily banned then? No, this music isn't banned at all. And uh, one of the um, reasons I was really interested in writing a book was to think about the balance of power when it comes to making sound in Burma. We always discuss the fact that speech is suppressed and that there's not really a free press in Burma. And yet here are people who are making a lot of money making music. So how is it that they're able to do that? And so a lot of what I talk about in the book is the relationship that musicians have with the regime. Describe that relationship for us, the relationship between musicians. And again, we're especially talking about pop musicians, very often copying Western pop songs, and what that relationship is like with the Burmese government, a very repressive government. I would say it's a a symbiotic relationship. We have, as early as the 1970s, the government, uh, for lack of a better word, commissioning music from pop musicians to advertise their own position. And if a member of the regime calls and says, you know, we need a song for this vaccination campaign we're doing, or we need a song because uh, a minister is going to be opening a new bridge or something like that, then you're pretty much on the hook. You've got to record that song. So when people talked about it with me, they really made a point of saying, well, I'm only willing to record the song if they don't announce my name so that I'm not associated with it. But the musician's position in general was, I don't cooperate with the government. I'm making music for my fans. When they might be doing both. In f- they almost all are doing both. Because they couldn't do the, the latter. They couldn't make music for their fans if they weren't doing the propaganda for the government. When they get to a certain level of success, that's pretty much true. So maybe give us an example of how different some of these propaganda tunes might be from the other kind of music that you heard that is extremely Western, I mean, identifiable mm-hmm. as Western pop. Government songs are all own tune, which is their word for somebody wrote it on their own. It's an original creation. But the pop song's quite different. Quite a bit of the pop repertoire is copy thichin. So copy thichin is they take one of the latest hits from the American Top 40 or the UK Top 40, and what they will do is reproduce the melody, the harmony, the rhythms, the instrumentation, but they will write new Burmese-language lyrics, and the singer will sing those lyrics instead of the original lyrics. Now, one particularly striking example of this that we heard was a song that's actually more than 30 years old now, or was a hit in uh, around 1977, and this is Dan Hill's song. A lot of people recognize it.
So we know this song as uh, Sometimes When We Touch. Sounds almost identical, but this is a, a Burmese musician who's singing? Yeah, a group of musicians. And I like this example because the translation of the title in Burmese is something t- like priceless or free. Um, this is a Christian song. It's talking about God's grace. So it's an explicitly religious song. Of course, Dan Hill's song was a very romantic kind of um, secular song. So um, there is no attempt to translate the English lyrics on the part of the Burmese composers. They will create their own lyrics, and then they will fit them to the tune that they are copying. So is is Christian music seen to be more acceptable, and that's why the government doesn't interfere? It's interesting. I'm not sure that I would call it more acceptable. A lot of Christian music isn't submitted to the censor board. And so in that sense, it is not controlled by the government nearly to the degree that secular music is and Burmese language music is. And we should say when you were in Burma, you spoke with censors too about what they do. Yeah, it was a very interesting experience. The censors censor everything that is submitted to them. And the theory of it all is that every single uh, piece of music that is recorded in Burma is supposed to be submitted to the censors. What I discovered was, um, in fact, quite a lot of it is not, especially most of this Christian music. And in fact, there is a kind of an alternate pop music industry operating in Yango uh, that is producing a whole bunch of music that's not under the control of the censors. And the people who work in that industry also work in the mainstream pop music industry. And there's some really sophisticated production studios in Burma. All of the equipment in those studios has to be imported from other countries. Uh, What I really noticed is that they're air-conditioned, which is pretty significant in a place that is as hot and humid as Yangon, also a city where electricity isn't available about 12 hours a day for most people. So um, an industry that's able to keep its expensive imported equipment air-conditioned all day long is an industry that's doing really well. Ethnomusicologist Heather McLaughlin, thank you. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Heather McLaughlin's book is called Burma's Pop Music Industry, Creators, Distributors, Censors. Whenever, wherever you are, check out theworld.org. From the Nan and Bill Harris Studios at WGBH in Boston, I'm Lisa Mullins. Come back tomorrow.